Well, good morning. Our focus this week during the 777 prayer covenant has been on worship. Specifically, this portion of the prayer states that we will praise you, O Lord, with all our heart. So it is fitting that our focus this morning be upon a psalm of praise. I'm going to read from Psalm 66. You can follow along in your pew Bibles, which is um, on page 459, or will be on the screen. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you, sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds among mortals. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. Bless, O oh God, our God, O oh peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You have brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows that I, my lips uttered when my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fatlings. With the smoke of the sacrifice of rams, I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried aloud to him, and he was extolled by my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. And this is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we do praise you this morning. And Lord, we love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We thank you, O oh God, for this time to come together as a body of believers, Lord, to give praise, honor, and glory to your name. Father, we pray that this word, Lord, that will go forth this morning will speak to our very hearts. Father, that you would change us from the inside out. And we offer before you today, Lord, our worship and our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you a definition of worship, and it's by Dr. Pedrito Maynard Reed. And they're going to put it on the screen. And it says, 
Worship is the self-expression of a particular church community in a public celebration of its faith. It has both vertical and horizontal dimensions, one's relationship to God and one's relationships with fellow worshipers. It is an expression of adoration and praise to God in community. I think this particular psalm serves as a perfect example of that definition as we think about worship to God. The psalmist begins by calling all the earth to make a joyful noise to God. And this is not a quiet, under your breath kind of noise. While there are times when we are called to be silent before the Lord, this is not one of them. The psalmist is calling us to make a joyful noise, the kind of noise that one makes to sound an alarm. So when Aretha said, clap your hands, he would have said, you want to get your attention. It's a joyful noise of praise to our God. And you know, we sometimes shrink back from making noise when it comes to praising God. But we can make it at a game, and we can make it even at a concert. But here we're called to make joyful noises to our God. In addition, we are called to sing out the honor of his name. I love what the choir did this morning. You know, we've already done that. We have called upon God and sung about his name. We're called to use our voices in praise to our God. So what else does this psalm have to say about worship? Starting in verse 3, it says, Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. All the earth worships you. They sing praises to you, sing praises to your name. I find two things of particular interest in these two verses. Immediately after calling us to worship, the psalmist not only tells us what to say, but who to say it to. Why is that? Well, first of all, the psalmist has given us a clue as to what this song is about. This song will focus primarily on the things that God has done. So he's giving us direction for our praise so that when we praise him, we can be unified and praise God together for what he has done. Secondly, before we are led in talking about what God has done, we must first acknowledge him. It's one thing to talk about God, but it's yet another thing to talk to God. Think about this. Why would that be important? Why do we need to have that vertical connection uh, to God in our worship first? Well, if I constantly tell you or tell somebody else, you know, she is just wonderful. You know, he is just, he's such a gift to our body. Oh, that couple, they're always working, always doing something. They're just fabulous. But if I never share those feelings with you, something vital is missing in my relationship with you. I need to tell you how valuable you are to me. I need to tell you that I appreciate you. I need to tell you that I appreciate all you do for this community. Thank you for your service. Thank you so much. And when I say that to you, something dynamic happens in our relationship. It changes me and it changes how I relate to you. The feelings that well up inside of me are unexplainable when I tell you how I feel about you. The same thing is true about God. If we're going to connect with God, we need to tell him that we love him. 
We need to tell him, thank you for protecting me, for providing for me. That is a vital part of our worship to God. So when we praise God, we need to first acknowledge him before we talk to anybody else about him. We need to make sure that we establish communication with him, that we recognize that he is in the building. So now that that has been done, what do we do next? Now, I've divided the rest of this psalm into stories. Story is very powerful. It engages us. It connects us. It teaches us. And stories impact uh, us and help us to remember things. The Bible is full of stories. Jesus taught through stories. Every culture values story. And our praise to God should include story. So, praise in this psalm. If you haven't got it yet, praise in this psalm is about what? Story. <laughs> okay, I try a little bit. Praise in this psalm is about story. story, both corporate, meaning our story together, and personal, our story individually. I call the first story the story of them, the past generations. Verses five to seven call us to reflect on the past. The psalmist calls us to come and see. And what he presents for us to look at is God's history with his people in the form of his past deliverances that he provided for them. Part of our praise and worship of God should cause us to look back and see what he has already done. Not just for us, but also for those who have gone before us. Why? because their story is also our story. We are here today because they made it. There is an old gospel song that says, how I got over, how I got over. My soul looks back in wonder at how I got over. There is power in remembering how we collectively got over, how we collectively made it. That's why on Christmas we look back at the birth of Jesus Christ. And on Easter we look back at the crucifixion and the resurrection. I remember vividly when I was growing up. On Easter Sunday we'd all gather around the television to watch the Ten Commandments. Why? Because there was something powerful about seeing what God had done for his people. And here we have this word that details their experience with them. We need to remember what has happened to them and praise God for it. Because what he did for them is what makes it possible for us to be where we are today as recipients of the gift of a dynamic relationship with the only one true God. Yes, you know, looking back can be painful, but it is also extremely powerful. And in addition to that, it is a command that God gave to his people on the night of the Passover. In Exodus chapter 12, Moses instructs the people to keep the Passover even after they came into the promised land. And when their children asked them why, they were to explain what God had done for them. 
And here the psalmist takes us back to that event, one of the most epic deliverances in the history of God and his people. He wanted them to remember and never forget. And while this is a reminder and an encouragement for God's people, it's also, as you see in that last verse, a warning for those who are rebellious against him. You need to know who you are up against. In our praise of God, we must never, never forget what he has already done. I call the second story in this passage the story of us, the present generation. In verses 8 through 12, the psalmist calls the people of God to look back, not at what God has done historically for his people, but for them specifically. Every generation has its own story. And in these verses, the psalmist calls to mind this present generation's story. The focus in these verses is on the mercy of God over their lives. They have been through great difficulty, sometimes even at the hand of God. He has allowed them to suffer, but even in and through the difficulty, he has sustained them and brought them through both fire and water. You see, both fire and water have the ability to do great harm and even kill. Yet they do so in very different ways. But God is so powerful that he has sustained them through both of them. My mother, a few years ago, showed me, uh, we were going through some old papers, and she showed me the ration card that her grand, her, her, my grandmother, her mother, had been given for her when she was a little girl, just a baby, um, that she had to use to get food. And you know, anybody who's gone through that period and era in our life, it changes how they live. Um, thank you. She also showed me, um, my mother has lots of papers, we always talk about this, but um, she has a paper that she kept from the day after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. It was mind-boggling for me to look at that, you know? She has experienced some things that I have not, but we have experienced some things together. We share a collective history. So what is the story of our generation? What is the story of this congregation? What is the story of this community? What trials has God brought us collectively through as a nation? When we come to God with our worship and our praise, these experiences should be on our hearts and on our lips. We must also recognize that we don't all tell our stories in the same way. Our collective story is reflective of a variety of cultures. And different cultures tell their story differently. We have the culture that tells their story through hymns. We have the culture that tells their story through gospel music 
And even in that, some tell it through traditional gospel and some tell it through contemporary gospel. We have cultures that tell their story through praise and worship music. And even more cultures tell their story using different languages. But guess what? They are all collectively a part of our story. And as such, they all have value. We are called to embrace each other's story. Why? Because these stories represent us as a whole. We all deserve to have our story told and have the community hear and reflect upon our story. And also, believe it or not, your story can sometimes be told using the song of a culture that's unfamiliar to you. The last story I call the story of me, the personal story. Beginning in verse 13, the psalmist shifts from the corporate to the personal. It is at this point not about us, but about me. God calls us to be in a personal relationship with him. Therefore, our praise and our worship of him must reflect that. While we come to this place to worship as a body of Christ's followers, there must always be the understanding that when I stand before God, I also stand as an individual. This personal relationship with him includes some things that are only shared between me and him. Amen? Amen. And I find it interesting that the psalmist does not share the circumstances under which he made his vows to God, because we would all want to know, wouldn't we? But he doesn't share them because, quite simply, it's none of our business. While we are here to celebrate and make a connection with God together, we are also here to make a connection with him individually. This is the place where you and I come to bring our individual sacrifices of praise and worship to him. So while we worship and praise together, we must also worship and praise individually. And in our individual worship, there is no us and no them. It is only me and thee. In verse 16, the psalmist invites everyone to hear his testimony and to experience God's mercy. Through someone else's testimony, I learn more about them, and I learn more about God. Your testimony connects me to you. And one of the things that we do when we gather in this place is share the story of our lives. Most of us don't have the opportunity to stand here in front of the entire congregation and share that story. But in the vestibule, before and after service, in your classes between services, in the car ride on the way and on the way, on the way to and from church, over a meal after church, in your interactions throughout the week, that is praise, that is worship. 
We are called to share our story with, of God with those around us. And in doing so, we are giving praise to God. Your testimony encourages me. When you tell me what God has done in your life, you encourage me that he can do the same in mine. I gain strength from your praise, and you gain strength from mine. We can never forget the personal story in our praise to God. So in this psalm of praise to God, we acknowledge God. We offer our praise to him first. We see the past and the present of our journey with God. We celebrate both the corporate and the personal relationship that we share with him. We praise him for what he has done for them, for us, and for you and me individually. And in doing so, we collectively make a joyful noise to the Lord our God. Amen.